Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Parker McCurley. I met Parker through a um, mutual friend of ours that uh, works for IBM. And uh, we were at a meetup and we're talking about IBM and the blockchain space. And he mentioned Parker. And subsequently, I talked to Parker. And Parker runs um, a meetup in Cleveland, Ohio area. And uh, he's got a couple of initiatives he's working on that we're going to talk about. So, Parker, how are you doing? Good, Richard. Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, how, how, are, yeah. how are you? Doing good, man. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to tell guests is the reason why I wanted to talk to Parker is he seems to be like particularly good at building uh, large communities pretty fast in the blockchain space. Um, I'm not sure how many people are at your meetup, and uh, but it was quite large. So I wanted you to talk about that first. Uh, tell me about you know how you started building a community and and what were the the good and the bad aspects of it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I got involved in event organization. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was kind of breaking into the tech industry in Cleveland as a programmer. And uh, for me, you know, I'm self-taught. Uh, it seemed like the best way to try to find a job would be to get involved in the tech community. And it was always really providing and generous for me. So uh, once I kind of like got my bearings and got my career started, I thought I would try to like contribute to that. And I started hosting first a programming meetup and then a uh, the second one that I got involved with was this cryptocurrency meetup. Um, and what had happened was I started working at a firm in Cleveland called DXY that does uh, mobile app, web development, uh, and a little bit of hardware engineering as well. Um, and I met my now business partner, Adam, who uh, was a huge cryptocurrency enthusiast. And I'd been involved with cryptocurrencies in the past, um, but it kind of like my, 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 uh, I kind of lost interest um to some extent. And then I, I met up with Adam when I first started working there and he was like, you know, looking at charts one day and I walked up and I said, Oh, cool. You're into this stuff. Um, and then what, what happened was, and I have to give him a lot of credit for the community uh, building aspect of this. You know, he saw that I was running these meetups and he said, Oh, well maybe I should do one in cryptocurrency. So I kind of pushed him to, to get out of his comfort zone a little bit and do that. And then we started uh, crypto Clee. So it's pretty awesome. It's a good kind of marriage of our individual skills. He's like really good at kind of rallying up some people. And, you know, I try to make sure everything goes smoothly and reach out to the public and get more attendees. So it's been a good evolution. Yeah. Tell me about the format of your meetups. Is it just hanging around drinking beer informal? Do you have presentations? Is it classes? What is it? 
Totally. So there's definitely beer. Um, I actually got a sponsorship by a local brewery who's providing like craft beer, which is really awesome because cool. Adam used to pay for that stuff out of his pocket. But, uh, cool. you know, we started the first two or three meetups were really loose discussion because most people showing up had no experience in digital currencies, which has kind of led us to start these other initiatives funds um, in our community. And, uh, you know, they started with these loose discussions, but we had like numbers, right? We had like 40 people. I don't think we've had less than 30 show up yet. And, uh, and considering like we kind of just started this and we just put it on meetup.com and just waited to see if anybody would come, um, you know, with no advertising, it went pretty well. So it started as these loose discussions. And then as we built some core members, there started to be a knowledge gap because there were people who'd been coming, you know, for a few months that had learned the basics from us. Uh, and then there were new people showing up. So at the sec- two meetups ago, we realized, you know, we had probably like 45 people in one room and maybe 15 of them were kind of on like a more contextually solid level of conversation. And the other 30 were really there to get questions answered. And we didn't really think that was fair. So what we ended up doing to kind of split the ranks, because we noticed we were drawing mostly from private equity, accounting and technology. Uh, we did a hard fork for the last meetup where we're actually going to be splitting each event into the back room, which is a technical talk, and the front room, which will be more of like a social or philosophical talk. So at the last meetup, we had our buddy Nathan from the Federal Reserve talking about identity management in the front room. And then I was in the back room detailing the cryptographic tools that Bitcoin uses to allow yourself to participate in that system anonymously. So that's pretty cool. I, I go to a local meetup in Austin sponsored by Factum and it's, you're exactly right. We get people that are newbies, people that want to ask tech questions, all kinds of stuff. So, so it's a good idea to, uh, to split it up. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, you know, I really love blockchain systems for the technology. Uh, I mean, everything about them is pretty interesting, but from as an engineer, like that's really kind of what keeps me focused. So I wanted to have a, platform for me to kind of speak a little bit more into the technical details behind this stuff. Um, so, cause I think the, the engineering crowd that was showing up wasn't getting as much attention as a speculative crowd. So right. it worked out pretty well. We got, we got really good responses other than the fact that people had to choose between two really interesting topics and they were kind of bummed out about that. So, Oh no. So you got someone in from the federal reserve. That's, that's pretty great. Wow. Sounds yeah, like you get some good speakers there. Yeah, I was really excited. I mean, we had, you know, we started this five months ago and, you know, it kind of, the last meetup we had, you know, our, another friend flew out from IBM in Manhattan and we had someone from the Federal Reserve speaking. So it was really like definitely an evolution. Um, And we've, we've had some core members form that have been there since day one who really just love and really look forward to it. So we're considering now breaking it up into two meetups a month. Um, you know, and once again, I got to give credit to a lot of this momentum to my business partner, uh, Adam Gall for, you know, really being as passionate as he is about digital currencies and, you know, getting all this stuff started. So, and now you're putting on essentially an event, like a one day event you mentioned, tell me about that. Yeah, totally. So, you know, like I said, um, I got into the tech industry in Cleveland through the meetup scene. Uh, I, I didn't, you know, have a formal education background or anything like that. Um, so I really like relied on our community here and the people here to really help us out. So I've always wanted to 
find ways in business to integrate, you know, what I'm doing with technology, which isn't so prevalent in Cleveland with other businesses here. Um, so, you know, with event organization, you can do that by partnering with local restaurants and breweries and stuff to deal with like venues and supplying. So I've always found events to be a really cool way to bring both people and businesses together. Um, so, you know, we've been having this meetup and our first solution to deal with that knowledge gap that's formed was to fork the meetup into, you know, two smaller discussions. Uh, and then in addition to that, you know, after our, after the second meetup, Adam and I formed a business um, that, you know, is intended to focus on educational services in blockchain. So we're having our first full day workshop next month. And that's actually at a cool place called the Cleveland Hostel, which is just like a little hostel in a kind of urban area in the city. Um, and then we're getting it catered by a sandwich shop, like right down the street from our office. So just two really new businesses that have opened up in the past couple of years. Uh, that are offering something interesting in the neighborhood. So we, you know, we partnered with them, uh, had a local print shop, make up some flyers and stuff. So it's definitely kind of cool. It's all, everybody involved in it is a neighborhood business. Um, and yeah, we're going to focus a whole day on it. So the first half will be mostly philosophy and technology. And then the second half of the day will be about, you know, how do I purchase digital currencies? How do I store them securely? How do I sell them? Uh, what can I do to protect myself with taxes uh, and then probably go out for a happy hour after. So, yeah, I'm seeing there's a big need for education. Um, I always give the example of, you know, in a wallet, you have send, receive versus buy and sell. It took me a while. You know, I thought I was stupid. Maybe I am, but it took me a while to see what the difference was and to just understand managing private keys and I mean, all this basic stuff, how to use exchanges. So education is super important for what I'm seeing. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think as a programmer, this is like the world that I function well in, right? So, you know, I, I, I like these systems. I like the control. You know, I like the idea of private key access to my own funds. Um, but for a lot of people, that not only does it not make sense, but it probably won't ever make sense. So, you know, I think one step in this is the education so that, you know, I can help people, especially in the Midwest, because, I mean, we're just so underserved when it comes to technology and both business, education, infrastructure. Um, so it's really nice to kind of focus here. But I think that, you know, the next step there is going to be building user experiences for digital currency that makes sense to somebody who is only familiar with traditional financial tools. Um, you know, so, so are you going to be doing that? You know, tell me about your uh, your business initiatives in addition to the meetups. Uh, yeah, totally. So, yeah, I mean, I've always felt really strongly about about the whole user experience aspect of things. Um, you know, we're currently working on a few projects with uh, using blockchain technology. So, right now, Adam and I are doing a kind of like a hobby rewrite of Bitcoin, just to really get it. You know, to us, it's like Bitcoin has been around the longest. It has the longest ledger. Uh, it has probably the most infrastructure built around it. So we really wanted to get an intimate, detailed view on how that system works. Um, and then while we're working on that, we're kind of starting to, you know, chisel out some ideas to use blockchain for other things, especially in industries that are, you know, really prevalent in the Midwest. So I think, I think like the big focus there is going to be, you know, physical assets on block on blockchain. Um, I think that's kind of like a natural progression for uh, for blockchain systems because, you know, all these companies are scrambling trying to figure out what it would be best used for. And I'm kind of, 
banking outside of currencies. We can look at, you know, transaction management in terms of, you know, goods and services. So, so you're rewriting the, all the Bitcoin core code. That's, that's like, a, it's funny in your dating profile, I would say long walks on the beach and rewriting the Bitcoin core code to your hobbies, you know, yeah, like a yeah. Big endeavor. yeah, you know, um, so it is and it isn't. So, you know, I work at a consulting firm that deals with early stage businesses. So I'm, I'm used to looking at software from, you know, from the inception stage, which is all architecture and systems. So I'm pretty good at like deconstructing code bases. Um, and then on top of that, you know, we're, we're rewriting in a language that I'm familiar with. And there has been luckily so much community support around Bitcoin that there's so many different, you know, Bitcoin clients now, whether, you know, it's in C++ or Java, JavaScript, Python, you know, there's a lot of different reference uh, code bases that, that you can view to, you know, if if something is kind of fuzzy in one implementation because it was laid out in a way that doesn't make sense to a programmer, then, you know, you can check out another one and hopefully it'll be a little bit different. Um, I've also found the organization of the bits of the Bitcoin improvement protocols. I've uh, I found that that has been really helpful as well. Um, there's some pretty good documentation available for that. Well, you're doing something very few people do. What are the insights you're getting from rewriting the code and seeing it? You know, any insights into the mind of Satoshi or other things? Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. So, so what I'm getting so far, uh, so the thing that I've focused most on as of yet, uh, Adam, my partner, has been focused on the networking aspect, and I've been doing a lot of work on the cryptographic elements. Um, you know, and cryptography is something that, you know, if you're web or a mobile app developer, if you're building anything with authentication, like you deal with tools that are leveraging cryptography, but it's rare as an application developer that we ever actually like implement, you know, cryptographic workflows. So what's been really interesting to me is like the depth at which the understanding of the creator of Bitcoin had over leveraging those, those cryptographic tools um, is just immense because I, it has led me down reading white papers from, you know, the National Institute of Science and Technology on the proper way of doing such things, um, you know, in our government size. So it, when it, when programming gets away from, you know, looking at code and turns into looking at abstracts and white papers and technical documents, it gets pretty crazy. So, you know, I've been very impressed <laughs> to say the least. Any other insights into um, into the code that you've gotten from you know re- redoing it? Um, not really, honestly. I mean, I mean, I've just been it's been causing me to think a lot differently um, about the way that I look at code because they are these are these are very large systems um, and it's a very niche system and it's also made me think a lot about like you know I think in the software engineering community, uh, especially right now, the way that the financial infrastructure is built around software development. It's so focused on like building the next Facebook, building the next Uber. And I think people get caught up looking at like, how do I build this, the next killer app or, you know, web application or SaaS product uh, that's going to generate a lot of revenue. Um, and, and the bummer there is that like, I don't often hear people talking about other programming, right? Like the whole world of, you know, computers has been taken over by this really narrow focus on a certain type of program, which is like the standard web application. Um, 
And I think if more people like unplugged from that a little bit and took a look at all the other cool things that we can do with technology, that's when stuff like Bitcoin emerges, right? Because, you know, Bitcoin, you know, blockchain, but which, you know, the whole blockchain architecture, it's something that if you're spending your day trying to decide if you want to make another iPhone app or an app for the browser, like you're not going to ever imagine a system like that. Um, so, yeah, I think finding unique use cases for the other 98% of computer systems in the world um, is pretty, pretty interesting. Even within blockchain, what use cases do you think are being overlooked that you think are important? Totally. Um, so, yeah, I think there's like a couple. Um, but the big one that, so, and it's funny, right? So my, my business partner and I have conflicting views. So if you ask Adam, he will definitely say that like the pinnacle use case of blockchain is for digital currencies. Um you know, and obviously there 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 are other uses, but sometimes I have to put on like you know my my visionary glasses and try to see you know interesting use cases for this technology, and then other times I have to put on my engineer glasses and say, okay, like this business is trying to use a blockchain for this, but in all honesty, this is a problem that's better solved using a distributed database of some other sort. Um, so the one thing that I'm really fascinated by is. Uh, tying the identity of a physical good to a blockchain. Um, and the reason why that's so interesting to me, and this is a project that we're working on right now, there's a lot of regulatory agencies, you know, government and otherwise, that the public relies on to give them information about what they're consuming. Um, you know, so I'm not going to like name drop any of those in particular, but I think every consumer has at one point seen like a label or a report on something that they're purchasing and said, is that even true? Right? Like, how do I know? What's an example? What's an example that sticks out to you? Uh, so like a really good example to me would be a, like a USDA organic label on produce. Um, so I think like, you know, talking to people with experience in the agricultural industry, it's like no regulatory agency is perfect. Um, and to imagine the ability to simply trace something that I'm purchasing back to where it was conceived, whether that was a factory or a farm. Um, you know, that is pretty, it's a pretty beautiful proposition to me. So, you know, like cool, the, other, yeah. the other thing, like I hate car shopping. I think if I bought brand new cars, I'd probably love it, but I'm always looking for like the best deal. Right. So when I'm out trying to find a new car, it would be nice to have a public ledger of the history of my vehicle. Um, and it'd be nice if the public were incentivized to, you know, accurately record the passing of goods from one to the other, um, you know, rather than rely on like a third party or the dealership or, you know, used car lots interest. Right. So I think, uh, I think there, I see a vision of the future where blockchain is a large provider of open data to the public by tying in, you know, identification of existing you know, physical goods into a blockchain system. Um, yeah, that's also, true. Like, <laughs> if you buy a house, who owned it before? What went on there? What were the problems? Same with the car, et cetera. Absolutely. So a house is a little tricky. Um, I think things that have a lot of litigation wrapped around them are difficult. Like possessions like cars and houses that require, you know, the government to recognize certain paperwork or certain... You know, there there are papers and documents that have to be 
sign to prove ownership. Um, so it's hard to move those systems into a digital system because how do we get, you know, the governing body of wherever you live to recognize that as ownership. But what really interests me is like, if you look at a high fraud industry, so let's say like fine art, um, like private key proof of ownership is a perfect use case for, you know, destroying art fraud. Um, you know, rather than have somebody who's like a quote unquote expert, you know, look at a painting to try to prove if it's genuine or not. You know, if every artist had a private key um, that they assigned a painting and through each hand that painting was passed, it was transferred ownership, then you could prove without a doubt that that painting is in fact genuine and comes from its creator. Um, That's true, yeah. Or diamonds, you know, blood diamonds, diamonds coming from conflict areas or another issue. Oh, yeah, totally. And I have, yeah, there's a lot of little verticals that, you know, asset tracking would be really helpful in to the public. Um, it's pretty, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. And that's, uh, that's what we're kind of working on here in Cleveland when we're not running around throwing blockchain parties, as I like to call them. <laughs> right on. So, yeah, uh, to sum up, so what's the call to action for listeners? How can they um, either attend or find out more about your meetups um, and then your, you know, your, your other business initiatives? You have a website up. You know, where, where can people go to find out more? Yeah, totally. Um, so our website is www.decentcrypto.com. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn and a lot of other stuff. My name is Parker McCurley, uh, M-C-C-U-R-L-E-Y. Um, and I love when people reach out to me and talk about technology, whether it's like, you know, people who are just interested in investing in this industry or people who are, you know, scrappy programmers that are trying to, you know, become the real deal. Um, I love helping people get involved in the tech world. Um, and then, yeah, our event is on Eventbrite. Uh, it's called Intro to Blockchain and Digital Currencies. Um, and you can sign up. So you can sign up at http colon slash slash bit dot lee. So bit dot ly slash two i u l s two capital p. But yeah, and hopefully we can put a link in the podcast somewhere and you know, yeah, reach I'm out sure to we people do. that way. Well, cool, Parker. Well, thanks for coming. I really appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you so much. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 